You're about to listen to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast brought to you by the Denver Chop House. Chop House is located at 19th and Wine Coop. Stop in, Nuggets fans, Rockies fans, Avs fans, Broncos fans, belly up to the bar, have a fine craft brewed beer. Enjoy the game. Get yourself down to the Chop House. They love us. We love you. Now enjoy the show. <laughs> From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're down here at the Pepsi Center special podcast with me, as always, the king himself, the king of Thornton, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? Um... Today we do have a special guest, um, straight off a plane, the man himself, Denver Nuggets general manager, Tim Connolly. What's up, guys? How are you, man? Good. Nice and warm here. It is, yeah. Minnesota this morning, negative negative eight. Negative eight. I saw uh, one of the Minnesota reporters tweeted they're taking $9 off tickets since it was negative nine degrees for tonight's game. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, you get a discount. Brave through brave frostbite for a discount on some tickets. That's it was a fun. dry cold, though. <laughs> it was a dry cold. <laughs> so did you, were you up in Minnesota or were you just staying there for so – you guys obviously I just, just like Minnesota this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> do no. some snowshoeing. No, I went to uh, – I did a little scouting. We played, went with the team and stayed after watch a game. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's good to get in some scouting. Um, so you're back home in, uh, in Denver, and uh, what, uh, what is your – view of the state of the team right now? I mean, just start off with a general question. Sure. I think we're all not where we want to be. Um, certainly, um, we have pre- pretty high expectations for this team. Um, and I think um, our, our record's not where any of us thought we'd be, uh, you know, this part of the season. Um, disappointed again with a rash of injuries. Um, I think, um, you know, overall, we're just, again, um, if you'd asked me in October, I would definitely not have guessed we'd be here. Um, so we got to figure out ways to get better and figure out ways to, um, you know, avoid the type of uh, kind of um, hot and cold streaks that we've we've had this year. What kind of things dictate the direction that you guys are going to go in as a team? Like, do you have a, a a plan that's laid out well in advance, or do you kind of take things as they come? Sure. No, we we're we're pretty meticulous with um, our planning. Um, you know, any best laid plans can be can be pretty quickly um, amended depending on um, the circumstances. So, I think um, our a lot of our thinking has been altered, um, as every team's thinking has been altered as the season progresses. Um, and we're probably in a slightly different mindset at this moment than we'd hope to be because of our um, our record, and we're the outside looking in right now with the playoffs. Um, but I think it's always important to um, kind of plan for the best and prepare for the worst and. Um, I've never seen a, uh, any plan that's been uh, been uh, you've been able to just to see it through from A to Z, given the fluidity of our league, and, and you, you know you're dealing with so many different um, different um, moving pieces. Is the is let me just ask about uh, Gallo sure. for a sec. He um, su- when did he suffer that meniscus tear? Because it looked, was did it happen when Gary Harris ran into him at the Portland game? I you know we're not entirely sure. I mean that would be a better question for Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's he got his knee banged. Um, that, that's why probably as good a, a moment as any. Yeah. Um, he tried to play through it. Thought he was fine. You know, Gallo is is a tough guy. Um, he's worked so hard with the other leg to get back. This is an unfortunate one. Uh, it's especially unfortunate because on, on a large scope, it's not a significant injury. It's just another. Uh, it's difficult because Gallo's dealt with so many injuries over the last. You know, yeah. 20 yeah. plus months yeah. um so we expect to have him back in in, in the very near future yeah. um he looks good he's been shooting uh, i think we'll ramp up his rehab this week yeah. um and he's just ready to you know play and not worry about um any of the knee issues and i thought it was really poor timing because I, I thought the, a couple games prior you could see uh some um a comfort level return to him that we probably hadn't seen since the preseason. Oh yeah, well he actually uh, that came on the heels of his best game, I believe. Yeah, he, at the, against the Pacers. Absolutely. So he was driving, creating, and doing his Gallo thing that he used to do. So, um, any idea on Javale? The Javale, uh, the same time frame. Uh, we're ramping up his um, 
his active rehab, more on-court stuff. He feels great. Um, I, I think he's um, probably a little bit closer than Gallo. Mm-hmm. I think we could see him in, in the, you know, as soon as this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of want to ask you, too, so what's – what would you say like your your agenda is? I mean, what's kind of priority number one for you? And you know, you, you come you kind of came into a tough spot in Denver with success that they had. You know, fifty seven wins. You come in. I mean, everyone in Denver wants to see you succeed. It's a great basketball town, but there's not. I don't. I don't think there's a ton of confidence that fans feel like Denver can be a winning organization. Sure. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of unfair because they, you know, you're winning for a decade. You know, you're de facto winning organization, um, and it wasn't hard. I was the luckiest guy in the world that that. Um, Masai did such a fantastic job, and Coach Carl did such a great job, and I was lucky to um, step into a, a team that had become used to winning and had um, become, um, you know, really a, a stalwart in the Western Conference. I think what we'd like to do, and um, like I said all along, we want to we want to win in the postseason. We want to have sustainable success. We want to be an organization that's kind of uh, looked uh, looked upon from afar as an organization that has kind of figured it out. Um, not just with the wins and losses, but with the processes and the cultures that we um, we hope to create and we're trying to create right now. Um, but it's definitely it wasn't hard. It was lucky. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to fill big shoes, but that's the fun part. Um, I think every decision that that we make, right or wrong, is done with uh, the hope that you know we can be a, a team that can compete for the Western Conference championship. And, and from there, it's kind of house money. If, you know, if we can be a Final Four team. I think. Um, you have a chance to win a ring, and um, you know al- along those lines, you're always um, trying to make the tough decisions that that point you in that right direction. Um, and and right now, we're not happy with our record, and certainly we're, we're probably um, at a point where we're gonna have to start making some tough decisions on our roster. Because you kind of you look at you know the Western Conference, you see these you know the Golden State Warriors. It's it's kind of looking like it's maybe coming their time, and you see Houston kind of ramping up, and you see. You know, Oklahoma City's trying to get back into it, but I mean, do you guys see? Do you have to be able to? You want to compete now, obviously, but I mean, fans are. We hear a lot of talk and a lot of people asking us. You know, when are they going to rebuild? Like, mm-hmm. when is this rebuilding going to happen if their window's not now? Sure, no, you have to be brutally honest with our, with ourselves, and we do that on a daily basis. If if we're not good enough to compete with, with the best in the West, then we have to make tough decisions, and we have to not be scared of making those tough decisions. Um, I have no interest. I know ownership has no interest in being a a team that's that's, that's fighting or scratching and clawing to get in the playoffs every year. Um, it, it's not a good place to be. Um, I also have no interest in a team that's going to win, you know, ten games. Um, so I think the the direction that we take will become, I think, more clear in the coming weeks. Um, I also think it's important to be, um, you know, not be scared of it and be aggressive and. And do it with a smile on your face, whatever you know direction we chose. Certainly, we came into the season with a lot of um, expectations. I think um, some of the moves we made this off season were were for the here and now, and uh, it's a little premature to see if, if they'll work or they will not work. But uh, we're quickly approaching, you know, a, a date on the NBA calendar where you know you are what you are, and we have to figure out if, if we like what we see in the mirror. Was it surprising for you to when the season started? Was it surprising for you to see the? I mean, at least it was for me, the, the similarity between the boom-bust cycle that seems to happen with the team, like six-game winning streak, six-game losing streak, that sort of thing. Is that, what, what is that to you an in, as indicative sign of? Is that, can you read anything to that cycle, or is it just something that is injury, you know, injuries? No, I think, like look, that? we can't keep calling, using injuries as an excuse. It's, un, it's, it's unfair to, to the fans, and it's... It is what it is. We have injuries. Um, we shouldn't be so manic in our play. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably the most frustrating thing that I've dealt with this year is we have these streaks uh, of strong play against good opponents. And they don't, you know, I think a couple of them have been uh, lengthy enough where they're not flukish. Mm-hmm. And then just as, just as quickly we turn around and, and lay an egg over a two-week span. And I think it's not just – uh, wins and losses in terms of streaks. I think within a game, you'll see it with our team. Yeah, and it's um, first half, second half. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're a team right now, and it, I know it frustrates Brian more than anybody that that we have a hard time overcoming adversity. Uh, and adversity could be a bad six minute stretch, or could be a bad six game stretch, and it's been um, it's been baffling to be honest 
with uh, with you guys. It's been um, probably the most frustrating thing beyond the injuries that we've dealt with this year. Um, you know, you know, what are we? And, and that that's something we quickly have to uh, figure out. I was going to say, do you think that if you look at the roster, a lot of fans will ask us, like, well, this is a very similar roster to successful ones Denver had. There's a lot of pieces there that are the same. You know, why was the team able to be mentally strong under one coach and kind of overcome some things and then look different with a new coach? Like, how do you how do you kind of evaluate that, or how do you how do you see that, or do you well, see it that way? I think there's a lot of there's similar a lot of similar names in the locker room, but they're not all in similar places. And there's a lot of names that are missing as well. Um, Brian does a fantastic job of, of keeping these guys ready and trying to keep these guys focused. Um, I mean, he's. He's not sleeping at night trying to figure out what we're talking about right now. Um, I think it's um, it, it would be almost unfair for me to even you know go back. I wasn't here in those years. I didn't know how those things worked. But you know, certainly it, it's not for lack of uh, meaningful effort on on the team's part, specifically Brian's part, trying to kind of figure out these ills. Um, and it's um, it's as frustrating to him as it is to us and the players as well. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys who are, um, come back from injury. I think it's, it's frustrating when you're not the same player right off the bat. Um, I think, uh, you know, if you, if you look at players that have missed a full year or near full year, you, you generally see um, uh, it, it's pretty specific what type of production you see in year one. Um, and I think a couple of those guys now, I think Gallo saw it prior to his, his most recent injury. I think um, Nate's starting to um, kind of get out of his season-long shooting slump. Um, you know, their numbers aren't where they were. They have been historically, and that's not surprising coming off injuries, and we need to figure out how to um, put them in situations that where we can uh, see more than norm. Um, but it's, um, it's, again, I don't, you know, I wasn't here a couple years ago, so it would be unfair for me to really say. We've heard from Coach, too. I mean, he's talked about having to have individual, individual meetings with players and, and just go over their roles. Do you have meetings with players, or do you have meetings with coaches too? I mean, what's your kind of role in that as the season progresses? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty hands on. I don't meetings. I like meals. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think yeah. players like meals too. Yeah, as do I. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I haven't missed too many of those myself. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I like a lot of interaction um, with everybody in our organization, um, and I spend a lot of time with our players. Um, and I, I'm a pretty uh, positive guy. I don't I, I don't see. Um, you know, I, I think when a team's struggling, I think the more positive I can be, the better. Um, the more input I, I get from those guys, the better. Um, and I'm brutally honest, too. When they're, you know, playing like garbage, I think they'll hear it from me. And I think we're, I've developed a, enough of a relationship with these guys. They know I'm, um, they not always like me, but I never will be anything but honest. Um, Brian and I and his staff, we talk, you know, nonstop. We're always brainstorming, trying to figure out ways to um, improve our team, trying to figure out, you know, the issues that we have, how could we overcome them? How can we become more efficient on both ends of the ball? Um, but I think um, it's unbelievably important that you talk to everyone and understand that you know communication is always above board, and there's never there should be no mistakes ever made before a lack of communication. I'm a strong believer in that. Our fans will always, our readers will ask us too, like you know why is why are some of these younger guys playing more? Is that a front office putting pressure on the coaching staff? No, you know, I mean there's. I would I would never tell Brian who to play. Um, his job's hard enough, and the nature of our business is unfortunately that I'll be fired um, at some point. It's just, well, you know, it's it's a, a job hard to be fired, um, and I would never put uh, undue pressure on a coach and say do this. And God forbid it doesn't work. And then, you know now he, he not only does um, is he put in a tough situation, but he's put in a tough situation because of someone else's thoughts. So. Uh, I think we'll we'll make suggestions. We'll point out uh, trends. Um, we'll say, "Hey, look, you know these numbers suggest this, or or this guy is looking pretty good." But I, I would never um, insult the you know the coaching institution. And I'm I'm not smart enough. My camp record's about five and sixty-eight, <laughs> man. So we've we've had a lot of uh, just talking about you know you're hired to be fired. That's it's such a crazy thing to wrap your mind around. Like you know at some point something else is gonna maybe happen. But if you look at you know, we've we've had fans saying to us too. You know, well, what if you know, you know, what if you do a really good job with the Nuggets and some team offers you a Masai Ujiri type deal? You know, and but we've also seen rare cases of stability around the league where I don't know how long San Antonio's GM's been there—fifteen years or 
you know. Oh, uh, R.C. Buford? Yeah. yeah but, he's but, been there a long time. I think Denver fans would love to have stability here. I mean, that's something oh, I hope, that we I hope I'm wrong with the hired time. fired. I hope, I'm, I hope you guys are willing <laughs> to be down 16th <laughs> Street Mall in, you know, 20 years. Uh, but I, I say that, I mean, you got to have a sense of humor about it. And you right. also have to, yeah. I think, um, look, when, I, when I got into this job, it would infuriate me looking at guys, you know, uh, at higher levels um, than myself that I, I never wanted to see guys making decisions based on job security. It drove me nuts. Right. And it's easy to say that when you're some, you know, runt. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you do. I, and I think when you start making decisions out of job security, you miss chances to be aggressive and you miss you know, real opportunities. I think you make you make decisions based on what's best for this team. And that's why I kind of make light of it. I mean, if it's, um, I don't ever want to be gun shy or anything but aggressive, worrying about my own security. I want to be, uh, I want to be super aggressive, and I want to, you know, build this team to a level where like the Nuggets could win a championship. And that's almost every decision we make in our bubble is will it allow us at some point, maybe not the here and now, to be an elite team. And um, I think when you make all your um, all your moves based on that one overlying premise, it makes things a lot more clear and, and allows you a little more um, a, a little more freedom to be aggressive. And it's fun. Um, and I like I said, I, this place is the best. Um, I'm, Beyond the lack of team success, which is disappointing and, and frankly, it's embarrassing on my part. You know, I got to do a better job. Uh, I love it here. Love the fans. I love the city. I mean, the media sucks. I'm just, just joking. Just joking. <laughs> I don't don't. I can speak for myself yeah. and say that's true. Just just the just the. <laughs> I mean, the online media, of course, not the. <laughs> yes, no, of course. Yeah. No, you. It's 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 the best. My wife loves it. I love it. Actually, just comment. I was with one of our guys. They we landed. Uh, this morning, even to get to the airport, the energy in this city. Um, as I, we've talked about extensively uh, how, how this city's not yet viewed as a free agent destination. It will be. Uh, it's, it's got too much to offer. I still think it's just incredible that, you know, like you come to our Stiffs Night Out, you know, and our fan, you interact with our fans. Yeah. I think fans love that, but it's, it's great that you do that, and it's great that they come to support you uh, as well. And people want to yeah. see you succeed here. The, the fans are great, and they're knowledgeable. I've said that, like, from the first time we ever talked. It's a, it's a knowledgeable fan base, more so than I've ever encountered. And it's... Um, and I also think it's a, it's a it's a fan base that um, is in it for the long haul, which is pretty cool. That you know we're not a seasonal team. I look at I don't want to name other markets, but if they win, they're there. If they don't win, they're not there. Um, this is a real sports town. Well, it's it's a, it's interesting. You know, I someone had asked me on Stiffs. He said, "Well, why don't you become a general manager?" And I said. If there's a God, he gave me the gift to know that I'm here to criticize and not to <laughs> not to do anything else. Uh, but uh, in that notion of like knowing where you're at, knowing where you're at with the team, and, and and progressing forward, you've made a lot of what I think are are at least in my opinion some effective draft picks with your European prospects. Um, specifically, uh, obviously, Yusuf Nurkic, um, and. Going forward with that, is do you think that there is a, a a trend that you can mine in Europe of talented players that aren't necessarily um, looked at by Draft Express out here, and that maybe just be kind of like un, uncovered gems? Yeah, I don't think uh, when I started, um, I think there were a lot of uncovered gems. It was really a fun aspect of the job. I mean, you had to even get a videotape of a guy it was um, you know was very Cold War esque. Um, <laughs> I flew over to see, when I was in New Orleans, see Giannis. I went for one night to Europe, and uh, we thought we had, like, you know, we had the drop on him. They even come out. We could draft here. And certainly, you know, three months later, internet and agents. <laughs> and, you know, the guy's uh, no longer uncovered. I think what, we're, what we'd like to be very aggressive with is maybe being a step, um, well, not a step ahead. That sounds egotistical. Maybe slightly ahead of the curve. Like, this guy's not ready, but we see a player here that, you know, we won't get at the same draft slot next year. Um, I think we're trying to, to turn our draft picks, uh, improve them as assets as much as players. Um, and I think what we've done thus far um, is, is with uh, a fantastic staff with our tourists and Clib and Jared and Raffle and Tommy and Ben and uh, Herb. We have a very small staff, but I think we have a – we have a, a unique um, group in terms of everyone brings something different to the table. Um, I think specifically in terms of internationally, um, I mean, I, I've spent so much time abroad. Um, Raffles, a wonder kid, you know, um, and our tours is a legend. So I think 
it does allow us maybe to get in some doors that other people don't have. Um, Yuka is an interesting one. I help out with a camp in Bosnia. Um, his first national team coach is a dear friend and coach of, is in um, Turkey right now. Um, so I was familiar with the culture. I was familiar with, you know, a lot of moving pieces around them. And it, I think it gives us maybe a little better um, sense of security that we really know what we're getting ourselves into um, because it's hard to get intel with those guys. I mean, you can get a surface intel, but to really dig in deep. Um, I mean, a step further, Alan Ray played with Randy at Villanova. Yeah. He was a teammate last year. Yeah. I've known Nolan Smith since he, he grew up in the Verizon Center. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's, you know, Corsley Edwards, our big man coach, he played for Sedevita. Um, you know, it's a relationship business, and the more you know, um, specifically from trusted sources, I think we all get in trouble when you talk to someone you don't know too well and they give you something. But when you have a guy you trust and know is not going to steer you wrong, it allows you to make much more informed decisions and allows you to do so with, with a real sense of confidence. And do those, do those decisions, like when a guy tells you about a player, like they'll give you a scouting report and then you guys obviously start watching him, getting film, or going to see him play live? All that good stuff yeah. that we would expect, I guess. Well, yeah. you would hope so. Yeah, you know, it's weird. Um, well, there was a fear of that before with, like, you know, the Ethmius yeah. Renzia. So it was yeah. a guy that Denver Draft without seeing him play, but that's impossible no. to do now, right? I mean, I, I get, I'm a, I'm a scout in a GM's chair, um, but my, I've, I've promised myself when I took my job in New Orleans, a job here, that I would never uh, lose contact with the talent base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got to scout. I got to see these, see these players, and I don't ever want to be the GM who all right, tell me about these guys. Like, I want to have firsthand knowledge of them, yeah. and I want a bunch of different eyes to be, uh, to be on these guys. And we have meetings. It, it's spirited debate. It, it's, you know, it's – I don't want anyone to agree with me to, to agree with me. I want them to say, man, Tim, you're crazy. This guy stinks, and point out to me why they think he stinks. And, and that's the only way you come to um, a powerful consensus. And we're never all going to agree on a player in the room. Um, and we have knockdown dragouts. But it's never emotional. It's never personal. And, and, again, the objective is can this guy get us or can what he represents as an asset, will he help us all, uh, towards our goal to become an elite team? And it's, um, it's great, man. Our staff is fantastic. And um, I'm really excited about some of the overseas assets we have right now. Um, I think Yuka is, is surprising all of us with how effective he's been so quickly. Um, I've been calling you Tim, tempered expectations, Conley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've even told Nurkic that he wasn't going to play this year, right? When you talked to him, he was going to be on the bench, and now... Yeah. Well, you know, you got to be honest with the guys. And I think coming in the season with a healthy JaVale, um, healthy Timo, uh, JJ, Kenneth, DA, um, you know, it would have been very difficult for him to play. Um, I, I love Yuka's confidence. He's forced us to play him. I think that's what maybe differentiates him from a lot of guys, not just the unique size and skill set, but he's a believer. Um, and he, he wants to be great. I think a lot of guys want to be good. He wants to be great. Um, but I think you know you can never start a relationship with anything but the truth, and that was the truth at the time. Uh, he has a fun time reminding me of that now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he's got a, a heck of a personality. And I think we, got a whole, we still have to temper expectations. This guy played you know, less than 60 minutes a night last year in, uh, in Zagreb. Um, I also think that we have to really, um, as he shows us more, we should demand more. It, it's not the time for our, us as a staff to take our foot off the gas with him. I mean, you know, you create habits in your rookie year, and we want to make sure that, that as he develops, he develops in a way that will allow him to, to reach the places that we think he can get to and he thinks he can get to. Well, I, one of the most impressive things about him is his confidence. I mean, more than his obvious skill set, mm-hmm. which – you know, I've discussed with many people and, and other people have said is unique for a a 20-year-old coming out of Europe where you just don't think that you would be have that those feet or those hands or, the, or anything like that. And one of the most impressive things to me was is that he just seems to be a very confident individual and very sure and very, you know, gets a little touch of attitude too, which is amazing i think that's what when he played memphis obviously we all saw it and the kind of little um thing he got into with uh, marcus all everyone was like responded to that almost better than they had his play earlier in the game well the thing about uh yuka he's like a he's like a heel in uh in wrestling (laughs) you know he'll the minute the the whistle blows he's a sweetheart and he you know after that game i don't know if you guys saw he went over to mark he has all the respect in the world for mark yeah and he said that, um, but you know he's not scared, and he's got a competitive streak in him that 
you know, when he's on the court, he doesn't want to be friends. And he, has, he doesn't want to ever go out there with anything less than the expectation, like, I'm better than you. Um, so I love the attitude. I think, you know, at, at times, I think he, he could tone it down a bit, you know, get back on defense instead of giving the glare down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> don't, it, don't taunt. Yeah. It, it, it's a lot, you know, it, it's a lot harder to, to um, rev guys up than rev them down. And he's got it. Um, and I, I, I've, I've talked to a bunch of people throughout the league. I, I want them to know that, that that's an encore persona, but we love we love the toughness. We love the, the you know, we're, we're, uh, no holds barred. But he's also, I mean, you guys know him, he's a sweetheart of a oh kid. God. When he gets off the court, he's, he's 20, and he's, yeah. you know, he's blushing, and he's a He's nice a kid. Guy. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, um, I, I love the physicality he plays with. Um, and I think in terms of uh, his tools, you don't see, you look at him and then he moves, you're shocked. Oh, you, know, you look at the look at those legs and you think they're tree trunks and <laughs> you know they're going to move like Greg Dryling or something. And then <laughs> he's got great mobility. He's got unbelievable quick hands. Um, I think his passing is is perhaps as unique as anything. Yeah, his have. feel for the game. Um, and I think it's all there. Now it's our job and his job to, to let's not uh, be sloppy with it. Let, let's develop in a way which allows him to maximize these tools and let's not leave anything on the table because he has a chance to be a really good player. Yeah. I loved watching him when he was covering Kobe one-on-one, you know, and he had that little strip on Kobe and mm-hmm. kind of stared him down. Like I was watching it again the other night and I was thinking, that's a seven-foot, you know, 300-plus-pound man right there, like staying no. with Kobe. I talked to him afterwards because um, he, he also picked up a dumb foul on Kobe when he reached across. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I know, man, but it was great. I mean, it was Kobe, a foul Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, again, this is this is big business, this is serious business. It's, but you got to appreciate how cool that is. Oh man, this is a guy who's been playing basketball less, I think, less than five full years now from Tuzla, Bosnia, and that's his idol. And in those moments, you got to you got to brings a smile to your face, and that's pretty cool. Well, remember that's that pretty pre- cool. preseason game they played against the Lakers? That was the most nervous game I've ever seen in an individual play. That first game in the preseason, the one in San Diego. Afterwards, uh, yeah. he was. Afterwards, he was fine. And it was the most. I wrote an article about it. And when I first met Yuka, there's a high school. Team high schoolers are fired up next door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was. Uh, I first met him. The only thing that struck me was his size. The first thing that struck me was his size. Yeah. He just blocks out the sun. And then two was how much of a kid he is. And the, and the, those were the two things that were right there. And then watching him play, there's this other element of him having all this skill. It, which is the most unique combination of disparate things I've ever seen in, yeah. a, in a player, but it's, it makes him extremely intriguing. Sure, and and I think fans have really responded to him. Well, I think what a, a priority of ours is basketball IQ. Um, I think it hides a lot of uh, warts, yeah. um, and he has that for sure. Um, well, even more so, he has instincts, and you know the IQ often comes with with more play. But he's got it. Um, I think um, it's invaluable to have a, a big who, who thinks the game like a basketball player. Um, and like I said, he has all, he has all the role tools, and he's put together a, a very impressive streak of games. You know, we have to understand he's twenty, uh, and yep. as all rookies, um, I'm sure at some point we're going to see a wall hit, um, and it's it's a situation where um you know w- way beyond where we thought initially but um let's let's not allow him to be happy with what he's done thus far but let's it's, it's fun to watch it's, it's oh, neat yeah. to see a guy that big who moves like he shouldn't who passes like he shouldn't and he plays the chip on his shoulder i think it, you know our legs become too nice and when he's out there he's out there to win and he's he's not worried about niceties absolutely i've kind of been saying it for a little while i think that you know, if the Nuggets, if you guys are going to go somewhere big, you need a player or players that are psychotic about the game of basketball. Sure. I think he kind of fits that role. That you know, thing, reminds me a little bit of a Kevin Garnett kind of craziness in a sense. You well, know, Kobe's Kobe Bryant's crazy yeah, about the yeah, game. Crazy about I love the game. that. Yeah. yeah, you need the guy that thinks only basketball. You know, and yeah, well, he, he's um, you know, there's an appreciation that he has that maybe he's not inherent in all, all, a lot of guys in our league because think of the hunger that he has from where he came from. I mean, it's yeah. you say impossible odds. That's understating it i mean he was playing junior basketball you know three four years ago he was had one productive year in the adriatic and now he's you know he's talked about as one of the uh, better rookies in the nba it's Absolutely. it's a heck of a story and um you guys can call him psychotic i want his dad's visiting soon so uh, dead, <laughs> I, I hope yeah. they don't translate this to uh 
if I see him walking through the hall, I will duck away and hopefully. No, it's good. It's going to be neat. It's, it's going to be great to have his family here. He's he's a Is big this time first family time in guy. America? Yes, he's um, got a great little brother. Um, he's just a really neat kid. How tall right. is his old brother? Just kidding. He's he's seven. I think I don't know. He's a monster. I see pictures. <laughs> he's a really tall kid. The family with tall jeans. Big, Keep big a, jeans. Oh, that part of the world, yeah, yeah. the mountainous regions of Bosnia, is known as some of the tallest people in the world. Really? Yeah. I have not. And even Facts, his, I never knew that. Even his English is coming along, too. I talked to him the other night after a game, and he asked me still, you know, asked me simple questions. Yeah. But, I mean, he still understood, and I asked him about specifically about his passing, and you know, he told me something interesting where he said, you either have it or you don't. And I think that's true. I yeah. think that's a true thing in basketball. No, he, he's, he's, he's coming. He's a, he's a very bright guy, um, and he's, he's inquisitive, and he wants to learn. And he's, um, what's been really neat, too, he's one of the guys. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy to come over to Europe and be one of the guys. You know, it's I think he's he really likes his teammates. A couple of the veterans have, have gone above and beyond to put their their arm around him. And um his teammates respect him back. So it's um it's a very nice story thus far, you know, in a in a season that's has been pretty frustrating. It's one of the brighter spots. Yes, it very much has. Speaking of that, um, over in the Adriatic right now you got uh was it Jokic playing over yep, there, right? Nikola Jokic. Um how how has he hits? Because people have been getting reports from people who are saying like this. He's really impressing over there. And video, I mean, and got video. those nice pink uniforms. And yes, mega. <laughs> so, it, it, what do you see from him that can translate uh, over to the NBA? I was just there. Um, he's an unbelievable passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best passing bigs I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, like not good, but great passer. Um, he was um, kind of a, a chubby six 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 seven kid a couple of years ago. He hit a growth spurt. He's got um, I say he's probably a shade over seven foot right now. We, we expect him to be you know seven one seven two. Um, I think he's got real ability to be a face up five. Um, he shoots the ball with a ton of confidence. Uh, he's very productive given his age and lack of experience. Um, you know, especially not even a stiff really at the national team level um, until recently. Um, I think he's a guy, kind of getting back to the question earlier, we saw last year that we said, hey, he's certainly not ready. Uh, the physicality of the game is too much for him. He's still going to his body. He's got my vertical leap. Um, but you don't see six eleven guys who are natural shooters and are unbelievable passers. Um, you know, I think basketball IQ – is certainly um, something that, that descends as you move up in positions. You know, um, Unfortunately, there's not a ton of smart fives. I think he, he's an extremely intelligent basketball player. And look, he's got positional size. He's got uh, two unique skill sets in his passing and shooting, and he's a fantastic kid. So you know, we, can, uh, we can over-scout sometimes. If you have those, those three traits, we're, you know, we're kind of long on you, and we think you have a real chance to be uh, a you know, rotation player. Um, he's playing for a team that's you know, a, a mid-tier Adriatic team. He's playing a, a team full of younger guys, so he's getting opportunities he probably otherwise wouldn't at a higher level. Um, and he's, you know, he's still got a long way to go. But, um, again, the, the passing and the shooting component and the guy that's going to be seven foot one. And you know p- plays the right way. We think he, he's a guy. Um, at some point, is really going to help us, and it's going to be an impactful part of our front line. How how similar is, is the league he's playing in than the one that Yuka was playing in last year? Same league. It's the exact same. Same league. Yep. Okay. Uh, Yuka played for a team that had a bigger budget. Um, they had a Nolan Smith and Alan Ray, two ex NBA players. They played in a, a European competition. Um, I think Mega. Is uh, is a mid-tier Adriatic team. Um, again, they they do a fantastic job of developing young players. I, I I think the coach does a fantastic job. He's a really good guy. Um, but it's the same league, same competition. Um, how about uh, the uh, Joffrey Lavernier? Is he? How has his progress been? And do you anticipate him making a move to the NBA? Yep, I was just with Joffrey as well. Uh, playing very well in um, in uh, Himki in Russia, a team the Timo played played for prior to oh, his yeah, uh, arrival in the NBA. Um, he's got Tyler Honeycutt, ex-NBA player on his team, Pateri Kopanen, ex-first-round pick, Tyrese Rice, who I, I believe was MVP last year of Maccabi. Um, big budget team, big expectation team. Um, I, th- I believe they're still number one in Russia, as well as Euro Cup. They got one loss. Uh, big jump in competition for him. Um, Partizan is one of the proudest teams in Europe, and, and they played all the big teams. Um, domestically, he's probably seen better talent in Russia. Mm. Um he has an increased role with a more veteran team. I think he's 
pro- progressing as we had hoped, and we hope to have him here soon. Okay. What do you kind of what do you compare? What are his strengths of his game? Because I've kind of I saw a video where he's he's going through and teaching post up moves. So I was like, ooh, maybe a back to the basket guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've seen him play since he was fifteen or sixteen, and he was kind of a face up four in his younger, leaner days. Um, bouncy, uh, more athletic than most guys his size, but kind of a positionless player. You know, is he a four? Uh, he, he, I think he told me that he'd been a three when he um, didn't play much five. Um, and he had a really unique last 24 months where he left France, ended up in Spain, was productive, and then ended up in Partizan with, a, you know, one of the hardest-nosed coaches in the world. And he, you know, he emerged from Partizan as the first foreign captain, um, which if you're familiar with – that team and you know that city, it's it's really un- unheard of. Um, and he became a bruiser. He put some weight on. He played a lot of five. Um, I think you see, you know, he plays differently with the national team they did with Partizan last year. I think this year in Himke, you're seeing a pretty good mix of both. Um, I think he he can as against second line guys he can play both five and four. Um, I think our league, the uh, the faster the pace, the better. He's a, he's a very good guy getting up and down the court. You won't see that very often internationally. You know, it's just a, a slower game. Um, he's improved his spot shooting greatly. Um, he made some huge shots for the French national team this um, this summer. Um, and he's he's a you know he's not a especially sexy player, but he's a a very low mistake player. Um, mm-hmm. I joke with him. He reminds me like a Nick Collison, you know, where he's always in the right place. Effort's never a question. He's a little bigger than you think. He's a little meaner than you think. He's a little tougher than you think. He's uh, you know, he's going to make spot shots, and he's he's an excellent rebounder. He's going to certainly rebound his position. Um, but he's done a fantastic job in in a pretty short time, going from you know an afterthought, not just as an NBA prospect, but international prospect, to a guy that's one of the top bigs in Europe, and a guy that we're hopeful will, will have in a Nuggets uniform, you know, in the near future. Yeah. How do, if those guys, let's say Jokic and Joffrey, both come over, how does that fit in with, with your team now? And do you feel like you guys, I mean, Kenneth Reed, huge fan favorite here. You guys just give him a new contract. I mean, do you still feel like you have building blocks on this team that you're trying to move forward with? Absolutely. I've, I've really liked, um, I don't know what you guys think. Um, I, I've liked the Nurkic Freed pairing. I've liked Yeah, that's good. They yeah, complement yeah. each other very well. Yes, they, they do. They do. And it, I think. When, when Kenneth plays that reckless abandon, when he attacks him as a dive guy, and we have Nurkic on the uh, left blocks as a as a playmaker, and we surround him with shooters, and then you got to respect Kenneth's dive to the rim. I, I like it. I like, I like that they're two excellent rebounds that do it completely different. Um, I like that Nurkic is going to hit you in the body and take up space. He's going to get it, and oftentimes I think Nurkic is creating a rebound opportunity for Kenneth by just absorbing the bigger bodies and keeping them off him. Um, so. I, I don't. I don't think the overseas guys are anything but an asset. Um, I think Joffrey's much closer. He's older. He's more physically mature. Um, we've been beyond excited about how well Nicola's played. Um, and again, both guys are. You know, you, the team culture is overused. But those guys are the type of guys you want in the team. They're like Jeff alluded to. They're they're obsessed with working. Um, I said Joffrey quit a team because he wasn't being worked hard enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's awesome. Jokic spent. It's, don't eight, see that too often yeah. here. <laughs> Jokic spent eight weeks uh, this summer in California working on some of his bi- uh, biomechanics and his body. His biggest complaint right now is he, he can't find a gym to shoot at night. Um, it's huh. it, you know those guys are, are what allow you to win at the highest level. Those I think those those types of mentalities, and we have some of those guys in the locker room right now. And if they don't have that mentality, we got to figure out a way how, how to get you know replace them with guys that have it. But those guys that you don't have to rev up, that you don't have to have a, a gentle nudge to get in the gym, it's invaluable. And it, it, it makes certainly my job and Brian's job easier, but it also it gives you a chance to, you know to win those those big games because it's you know oftentimes it's the smallest things that allow you to win at the highest level. It's uh, I think that's it for me. Yeah. Should let Tim get back to work. Maybe? I think so because that's it. No fun questions. No anything. Huh? Fun questions. I'm just uh, happy we did this before uh, the Broncos and the Ravens win this weekend. Yes, yeah. Broncos and Ravens. That's right. Well, no, Bron- oh, I mean, the Ravens got to beat the Patriots. The Broncos will win. Yes, and then and then if, then they'll have the championship game. It's at, pretty cool. Uh, I heard the Stiffs have uh, four tickets to the 50 yard line. Is that factual? That's <laughs> <laughs> only a rumor. Uh, <laughs> we need those tickets. Up, we would need them. Yes. Yeah, so let's uh, say Baltimore wins. You fly your family out here. Come to the game. No, I'm, I got six brothers and sisters, and I'm not. I'm a rookie GM, and I've got a newborn on the way. No, there's. I'm, 
I think, uh, it's I'm, just football. I'm man. not Phil Jackson, man. Yeah, I'm going to fly them all in. <laughs> of course. Why I not? can fly them all in watching my living room. Yeah. yeah, yeah I think if this happens, I think uh, uh, Andy's got to open up the purse strings and have uh, maybe like free all you can drink, eat for that game at uh, That'd nice. Jake's. That'd be nice. Yeah. Maybe we should, we should do that, actually. Twist his arm for the Twist his championship arm. game. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I had to. Oh. Seen any good concerts lately, or not that, or just uh, experience any new music that you're uh, happy about? I've been pretty lame with the music lately, but um, I saw uh, a couple of comedy shows. Oh, did you? Well, Jeffrey Ross was really funny. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He's not the, the, the roast master. No, right. not oh, Australian. Jeffrey Ross, <laughs> the, the big curly haired dude. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. A pretty angry guy, but pretty funny. <laughs> um, I haven't done much. It's with, with the team struggles. It usually doesn't. Get me in too bad of a mood, but I've I haven't been the happiest guy this year. So my my uh, leisure time has been limited. Yeah. Um, my wife's pregnant, so we've just been watching the guy. We watch so many TV shows; it's ridiculous. I could tell you about a lot of reality shows. Reality? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my god! If, if no one's seen Ninety Day Fiance, check it out. <laughs> it, it is a must watch. <laughs> is the premise obviously the title? 90 Day Fiance. Oh my gosh. Nothing gets by you, man. <laughs> it's actually about World War II. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Nate is, it's a Nate, period piece. We call Nate the most quick on the uptake of the. Yeah. But, no, it's. Um, I've been watching a lot of like British television shows. but, but Like Benny Hill? No, oh, yeah. <laughs> a little farther. Behind. Jeff went to school with Benny Hill. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what British shows? I mean, no, just like. Uh, well, of course I watched Top Gear, but I mean, yeah. like. Um, uh, I've just been watching like a lot of mystery. Sherlock. I have a Sherlock. Oh, I, heard, show. I heard that show's pretty good. It is very good. BBC makes really good TV. It, it's excellent. It's an excellent yeah. show. I'd highly recommend that. I yeah. think even I think even uh, your wife would like that. Well, we need to find shows because our, our social life is extremely limited. Like, Seven and a half months in. Yeah, progress beyond the reality. You're trying to push her beyond the reality show. It's just say. No, we're, 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 we've gone past that. She got into The Wire. She's never seen that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a hard transition from 90 days. Oh, there was. Sometimes she picks, sometimes I pick. You can tell which one I picked. Um, she'd never seen it, and it's a lot of guys I know in it, and it's kind of rewatched from the beginning. It's pretty funny. And she's like, I've never seen this side of Baltimore. So um, you can if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Idris Elba is in in the wire. Yep, or was it was in the wire? Do James Bond is that going to happen? Yeah, maybe, but he did not a, not a Rush Limbaugh. Has he to not, say, right? yeah, but uh, he did, he did a show called Luther. That's a British television. show. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's from London. right? Yeah, excellent show. Yeah. That's it. But it's so really weird good. hearing hearing Stringer Bell's actual voice. You know the, the English accent. The English accent. What was great, and and I know Jeff can attest this with your mom being from Catonsville. They had a dialogue let coach from the wire. Oh, did they? Yeah, they did, and and I and it drives my wife nuts. Like that doesn't sound like Baltimore. It's like I don't care. Can we just watch the plot <laughs> develop? Uh, it drives her absolutely nuts. My mom would do that. She's like, no, that's not how they say water. The mo- I'm the, like, <laughs> when I'm on international flights, I have to prepare myself to say water because I the Baltimore comes out. So I have to say water, you know, like because <laughs> you end up saying yeah. yeah. And I'm like, the first time I ever heard that from my mom, I'm like. What did you just say? Yeah, washer. Oh, <laughs> washer? Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, water. And I'm like, it's water. Uh, you've been in Colorado for a long right, time now. You speak the King's English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, say, we say ain't. Well, you, are you guys familiar with The Wire at all? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched all of it. The uh, Eastern um, District Commander, who had a pretty big role in season two, he had kind of the conflict with the uh, Longshoreman. Oh, yeah. Now, he's got the best Baltimore accent. That's a Baltimore accent mm-hmm. that was... He's never left four one zero. He stayed within four <laughs> miles of the Inner Harbor his whole life. That's, that's a fantastic one. That's a, that's huh. a. I always thought the good accent, uh, Baltimore accents, were like doing one of the best East Coast accents. Is it? I saw that uh, my buddy sent me an article recently. They had the worst accents in the country. I think Baltimore finished uh, top four. I think Philly might have lost. Well, I might yeah. not understand that. Uh, I figure what about the Cajuns? Cajun accent. That's a great accent. Yeah. So living in New Orleans, that's that a fantastic see, accent. See, living in Colorado, we're blessed with having no accent. So I mean, it's just like unless you go down south. This is we, we, the typical Midwest. Everyone. That's why they teach everyone to, to talk like they're from Colorado, no. because and especially when they're newscasters, because no. it's like they, it's like the everyday mid Midwestern kind of thing. I have a tendency to to talk fast, and uh, the faster I talk, the more my accent comes out. I went to pick up a pizza the other day, and I said something <laughs> real fast, and she goes, "I live in Uptown." I said, "I, I'm just here to pick up the pizza." <laughs> Literally. It was just the other day. I, I don't know how she misconstrued. I'm here to pick up pizza for Tim. She goes, uptown. I said, huh? I, th- I, said, I thought you asked me where I lived. I said, no. But cool. I have a client from deep, deep Georgia who buys 
paintings for me. And he sounds exactly like Dan Reeves. <laughs> so Is it Dan Reeves? Might every time, yeah, I wish. Every time I talk to him, it's the well, uh, I want to buy a painting. <laughs> And I, it's like every conversation is really slow. Well, we listen to this and potentially cost you a commission. No, no. He's, he's <laughs> like, he's like, I don't even think he's aware of sports exist. Um, but then you're just like, then you go talk to someone for a client on the East Coast, and it's like you have to get used to the speed of the conversation. Again. Yeah, I speak. Uh, I might have told this story to you guys before. When I had my press conference, um, like I'm okay question and answers, but being up there just kind of – uh, by yourself is is never easy. Mm-hmm. My wife said two things: don't try to be funny and don't don't talk fast. I said that's they're my two go tos. <laughs> <laughs> you take away my humor and my my my, my fast paced <laughs> conversation. Like what can I do? Yeah. Transcribing <laughs> can be difficult sometimes. Really. Very good conversation. Uh, I'm sorry. Very good um, advice on her part. So I, I spoke with like I was on a volume or something. <laughs> I'm trying to remember your conference. I, all I remember was picking up your accent. Yeah, I was like the first thing I was like, oh, he's from Baltimore. So I was like, I was like, why I is this guy talking who, so slow? I have the relatives who talk <laughs> like this, but he's not not the speed, obviously. No. So now my buddies who aren't from Baltimore, they, their favorite thing is to call me with the, like the deep Baltimore accent, <laughs> especially after a Ravens loss. They love it, Flacco. It was the whole deal. They, <laughs> it makes them so happy. It makes them so happy. You guys do Netflix. Uh, I do Netflix, yeah, but uh, I got this new cable that pretty much has everything. That the new Xfinity. Oh, yeah. oh really? Oh my oh. God! That, that uh, the one box maybe it's wow, it's oh. very impressive. You know, I've I've been thinking about getting that. I have like I the, just got that you can record like four shows and still watch live TV and it's, or something yeah. like real time when you want to access something on demand. It's very see, see, I've got the Amazon Prime and I've got the uh, yeah. the, the Hulu and the, all that stuff. So yeah. basically, the only thing that I watch on television are Nuggets games. Yeah, it's fascinating. I think professional sports, uh, some friends in advertising and marketing, it's really the last, the last source of good ad revenue for so. TV. It's the only thing you really don't. And I don't like the TV. Or I guess TV is the DVR games. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I hate it because you know, I have to do it a lot, unfortunately. But yeah, it's fun because you can blow through like all the commercials. Yeah, you miss the commercials. Free yeah. throws. I blow through free throws a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll revisit a game if I want to see a specific you know thing, but. Other than that, I just kind of leave it. I, I, the road games, uh, you know, you can like see. It's interesting, and then maybe you can comment on this. Watching on television as opposed to watching at the arena is such a different experience, and I think basketball translates to television very well. And I pick up things watching here, like where we sit up at the uh, in the Avalanche mm-hmm. press box, so. We're looking right down so we can see different things. But I do pick up completely different things when I'm watching it on television. Sure. And it's just like maybe it's the angles and stuff like that. Do you find yourself, to, when you're forced to watch on television and stuff like that, is it, do you feel your, yourself picking up different things that you wouldn't normally see? Yeah, sure. It's, it's, I mean, it's primarily the reason we spend so much time on the road to see these guys live and pick up some of the things you, you, know, you don't see on a, on a TV screen, the interaction with coaches and teammates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, when he's off the screen, is he he's still in the play? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I think basketball to me. I mean, I'm a big sports fan across the board. Uh, nothing better than out for a baseball game, a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. A big football game is fantastic. Um, I, the, going to these ads game, they do such a great job. I mean, they got so many young, talented players, but also the in-game entertainment is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing like for me a basketball game. You have all the energy. I think you, you have the timeouts in halftime. It's it's the energy never ends. And to see these guys who are this athletic move with such grace. Oh yeah. And uh, move, move with such force. It, it's amazing, even even more so than other sports. And certainly, I'm not objective, but there's nothing to me that beats coming to see us play a good team. You know, we're playing well. The scoreboard, all the all the fantastic promotions in game. You know, you go grab a beer afterwards at mm-hmm. the at the Blue okay. Sky. It's just, it, it's a great a great environment, and it's um, so much fun. I mean, I. I'll go to a couple games a year just as a fan. I'll go get popcorn and go with my, you know, take my nephews or something. And it's there's nothing like it. I mean, just going there and being a basketball fan, it's it's the best. In, in a couple weeks, I'm going as a fan, you know, cause, because you know we we sit in a very specific place. But I, 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 I want to see what it's like sitting in the stands again after sure. a couple of years of not sitting. You it's know, fun, in the stands. and yeah. you learn stuff. You yeah, know, you know, I, a lot of college games, I like to. Instead of getting a credential ticket, I'll just buy a ticket outside or go to StubHub. And I, it's, you sit with these fans who know more than I do. And so, you know, you know, so-and-so has been really good since he had that 
problem. Oh, what problem is that? You know, before you know it, you're getting intel that you <laughs> yeah, like, oh, otherwise would have never gotten. <laughs> well, he's my sweet mate in my dorm room, and this <laughs> is what <laughs> really happens. <laughs> yeah. Generally happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, I take a class with him. He's a good guy, and then you know, they'll go on and on, and it's that type of um, intel is hard to replicate, and it's fun. It's just, you know, n- never lose sight of being a fan. It's, it's, um, it's such a great sport, and it brings – so much joy to me and hopefully others. It's awesome just kind of to be a fan sometimes. Absolutely. I want to see a game overseas sometime and see how that crowd differs from an NBA crowd. Well, you know what's crazy is we took um, – well, I took Jared Jeffries over last year. And Jared, you know, uh, you know, very good NBA career, lost in the NCAA championship, McDonald's All-American. Um, he thought he'd seen it all until he saw Sedevica beat uh, a team in um, Partizan in Belgrade in front of 22,000 um, – Serbian fans and said Evita had about 200 and the minute the game was over I said don't stand up and one of our colleagues from a different team stood up and got uh, hit with a bottle oh, oh my god yeah and he goes this is crazy I said yeah this is this is and <laughs> you know, this you get to in particular um, Serbia Greece Turkey it, it is it's fantastic but there are some really aggressive and rough fans and, and it's what's neat too is um the culture of the country is reflected in the fans. Uh, Spain has fantastic fans, but nowhere near as mean spirited as some of these other mm-hmm. other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Italy has very fashionable fans, um, and it's. I, I would definitely, if you guys ever want to go, come check it out. It's it's fantastic, and it's it's a different brand of basketball. It's a different level of passion. Um, it's very good basketball in a lot of these countries, and it's um, it neat to see how global the game has become. That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the time, man. We know you're a busy guy. Yes. You made time you, for us. <laughs> well, you wedged us in, and we really no, appreciate thanks. it. It's a, it's a nice – it's a, it really – we always appreciate it when you come on. It's it's a privilege. Now, whenever you want. I think the, the more that you guys know and then the more up front we can be, the better. And, um, you know, hopefully when we have this conversation um, again in a couple of weeks, we're in a better place. Hopefully we can see Yuka in the uh, Rising Stars game. Yes. Rookies versus sophomores. That's yes. the next thing we want to try to yeah, do. Yeah. How, uh, how many rookies get named? I should know that. What is it? Oh my God! Well, it's ten, twelfth. I don't think it's twelve. I don't think it's a full twelve. I don't think it's the All Star ballot. Yeah, it's it's ten. 10. It's ten. Yeah, the rookies and the sophomores. Yeah. And then, so yeah, that's that's yeah. I think it's ten. I'm, oh boy, I'm almost certain it's ten. Yeah, it's ten. Yeah. <laughs> we know our basketball. Yes. Oh, shoot, I should know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll edit that part out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Post. Well, thanks, guys. Hey, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Right, appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week.